Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. I hope your February is going well. If you didn't check out last month's, we had a December and two parts in January on a ministry makeover, three parts. Please go back and watch and listen. You can check us out on YouTube. We're on iTunes, both audio and video. I hope that you will be a part of that. Before we dive into this month's topic, I want to give you a little bit of a teaser. Some cool things that we've come out with at Dean Hawk Ministries and here at Rock Family Church is we've just released four new sermon series that are available at deanhawk.com. We've released the afterlife, talking about heaven, hell, and the afterlife. That's a five-part series. Uh, Dear Tim was a, a series I did this past summer, expository teaching on First and Second Timothy. Encourage you guys to get online. That's 13 lessons in that. And then this last fall of 2018, I taught a series called All Access. And it, man, it was a powerful, powerful series on our access to God, overcoming shame and those things that hinder us in our walk with God. And then also this last fall, I taught a series called Charged. And that was a series about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a complete breakdown about what is speaking in tongues. And for those of you of that vein in nature, I think it'll be some very practical uh, ministry tools that will help you. Comes with a sermon outline, my personal notes, fill in the blank handouts, PowerPoint, graphics. Uh, Some of them we even have the video openers if those were accessible and available. And uh, it is all for the low, low price of free. We just want to help you guys out. Take my sermons, make them better, make them your own. And I hope it'll be a blessing to you. And then one last thing, and I have, I'm not getting paid a dime for this, but it's really helped us. We've been going through a rebranding of our ministry and our church and found this website called 99designs. And uh, you can do a logo campaign there. And they've got three different three different versions. Uh, I, there's a platinum that was $1,300 for a re-logo brand. There's a gold for $899 and a silver for $500. If you go with the top when it gets all of their top designers from around the world, you give them your concept, you give them your idea. I'm telling you, I was skeptical. I thought they're never going to create a logo that I'm happy with. I'm picky. But I ended up with about 70 designers submitting designs and then redesigns after I said what I like and I don't like. I ended up literally with over almost 300 ending pieces of graphics, arts pieces to choose from. So if you ever want to remodel, redo your look, that would be a great place to start. All right, this month we are talking about leading with your heart. Leading with your heart. And what does that look like? Well, Forbes magazine years ago uh, came up with a list of six reasons that your best employees leave. And employees don't leave companies. They said they leave managers. And uh, top six were no vision. Successful managers sell their employees on a vision of the future. Secondly was no connection to the big picture. Uh, Gallup concluded that the best workplaces give their employees a sense of purpose. They help them feel like they belong and enable them to make a difference. Thirdly is no empathy. 
And so we need to, as leaders, take the time to listen to our people. And by leaving our door open to employee concerns, suggestions, and leaders encourage them to feel that they have a stake in the organization that considers them important and cares enough to listen to them. The fourth reason was uh, no motivation. Uh, The extrinsic and the intrinsic motivators. Let me give you the breakdown of that. The extrinsic motivators consist of traditional carrot and stick rewards, such as a cash bonishment or punishment. The intrinsic motivators are internal desires to do good work or create a successful product. And so it's the rewards of self-worth and confidence. It's celebrating and sharing ownership of the victories. And so it's really just giving the, the people the kudos. It's putting your arm around them saying, man, you really did a great job this past weekend. And then number five was no future. People leave because they don't see a future. They don't see that their career could continue on and give them a future of of where they could advance to within the organization. And then here's a big one on my list. Number six is no fun. People have to enjoy what they do and why they do it. And so make sure that you're creating a culture that it's a fun atmosphere. Yes, even at church to be involved with. And so what does it mean to lead with your heart? This has been my leadership style going on almost for 38 years this year. And and the challenge question is this, is when you walk into the room, when word spreads that you, the leader, are coming into the building, you're coming into the room, you're coming into the conference room for the meeting, Does the atmosphere change? And if so, does it bring it up or does it turn it down? I've been around uh, various kinds and types and models of leaders over the many, many years and been a part of many different uh, staff sitting in on, on their staff meetings. And you could sometimes feel the culture change of, oh no, here he, she comes. Oh my gosh, everybody get ready, get on bar. And then the other leader would come in. It's like, oh wow, pastor's here, leader's here. And they're excited to see them. And so I know we always think the best of ourselves, but I want to pick on uh, Rehoboam. As we go back into 1 Kings chapter 12, and we see that uh, Rehoboam went to Shechem for all of Israel had gone there to make him king. And uh, as they gathered together, um, uh, they, they brought the leaders together and, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of all of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Rehoboam is going to be uh, announced as king. And it says, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us and we will serve you. And Rehoboam answered and he said, I'm going to go away for three days and let me, let me think about this. Let me consult. Let me get wisdom. And so King Rehoboam goes to his elders that had served his father uh, during uh, Solomon's lifetime. And, and they said, how would you advise me to answer these people? And in verse 7, it says, they replied, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them, and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But it says that Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders that they had given him, and he consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. And he said, what's your advice? And the the, uh, young friends came and said, uh, uh, we, these people have said to you, your father will put a heavy yoke on us, but 
but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. And my father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. And he followed the advice of the young men. And he, and he laid out this advice. And we see that the result was that as King Rehoboam sent out Adonoram, that guy who was in charge of the forced labor, all of Israel stoned him and put him to death. And it says that King Rehoboam, however, managed to get in his chariot and escape to Israel. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Well, here's the, here's the two big questions, the two options we have as leaders. Lead with a heavy hand or a humble heart. Lead with a heavy hand or a humble heart. And so if, you're, if you want to jot down some of the big ideas today, we'll see how far we can get. The first big idea is this. The key to be an effective pastor and leader is to serve your team. Now, I know a lot of us know that, and Jesus came to, to serve and not to be served, but are we really living that out, and are we really blessing, helping, aiding, and serving our teams? Because, see, we give access to to we gain access to people's hearts by serving them. When we bless them, when we help them, when we assist them. And somewhere in the land of pride and ego years ago in church leadership, leaders and pastors took on Rehoboam's leadership model. That if I come down with a heavy hand, they'll respect me more. If I give a heavy hand, then I can get more production out of them. Well, I'm here to give you the flip side and show you the difference of what happens in our, in our leadership style. And so the second question to ask yourself is this, is what is the motivating force that causes members on your team to follow your leadership? What is, it, what is the motivating force? Now, don't ask yourself this opinion. Find out from your team members what's the motivating force. Is it fear? Is it, is it finances? Is it compulsion or, or obligation? Or is it love and loyalty and devotion and commitment? I love the words of Ruth. She replied, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be, be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Well, you're, no one's going to be willing to die for you as a leader unless, they, unless you're leading with your heart, unless they know and understand the heart of your direction. And see, too many times I see leaders use the, the trump card, so to speak, of, of, well, if you don't change, you're going to get fired. And here's what happens. After you throw that card out so many times and you don't fire them, your word loses value. And I'm not saying that that's a model to use, but I see leaders, they, they want to make it serious. They want a threat. And so they, for a small infraction, they pull out the massive hammer to deal with a very small issue. And they make threats because they're trying to rule and govern by fear. And so I like to take the approach of Jesus. You were taking notes. The third thing is esteem them as friends. Esteem the people you serve, the people that serve with you, 
esteem them as friends. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Could we say a servant does not know his leader's heart? Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. And so what was Jesus saying? If we expose our heart to the people, then they're going to grasp and they're going to come into our inner circle and they're going to be more committed to us and they're going to respond to our leadership. Now, the, the, the counterbalance to that is, well, if you get too close to your people, they won't respect you. Well, that's where you as the leader has to maintain your leader role. Yes, if they come in, oh, we're buds. I don't have to do what you say because we're friends, right? No, that's where you have to take off your friend hat and you have to say, I'm sorry, you're crossing, you're using our friendship to, to come in less than the expected performance that is there. And so if they can't respect that friendship, maybe you're going to have to pull back. But here's what I have found with my staff. When they hear and know my heart, when they hear what's going on in me and they know about my life and I know about their life, there becomes a, a formation of a knitting of hearts together of one mind, one spirit, and one purpose. And then number four, we have to expose our heart and allow ourselves to be vulnerable. You know, if I was going to do a, if I was going to receive a heart transplant, they're going to take a saw and they're going to cut my sternum and then they're going to take some uh, rib spreaders and they're going to pry open my chest. That's after they've made the incision in the skin. They're going to pry my chest open to gain access to the heart so that then they can remove the old stony heart and put the new heart in. Well, in order to lead with your heart, we have to put the, the chest rib, rib cage uh, splitter and, and we have to spread the, our hearts open so that they can see and know who we are. Because here's what I have found. If they can't see our heart, then they won't believe the words coming out of our mouth. It feels plastic. It feels, it feels um, 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 not real. It feels pretend when we say, oh, I love you. If they've not seen and experienced our heart. I think it's no coincidence that in the book of John, John recorded that Jesus wept. I think Jesus was being vulnerable and, and showing his vulnerability that, that he was having an emotional moment, that his friend had passed, and he wasn't afraid to show those tears. I need to allow my staff to see my highs and to see my lows, to share the, the experiences that I'm going with. Now, I'll share more with my staff than I will necessarily maybe with the church, with the current situation. Many times I refer to past situations and trying to connect with them. But there were times when, when I was hurt, I was wounded, I was offended, and I was very transparent with the staff that that, that hurt when, when that person left the church, that I'm not going to just play tough guy, that, oh, I'm invincible. No, it's when we show our real feelings and emotions that people say, he's real, she's real. I can relate to them and I can connect with them. And so it helps us on both sides, sharing our highs and our lows and our celebrations and our victories. The people I'm going to tell first that this past year we had someone come by the church and write 
drop off a very, very large donation to the church. Well, after telling my wife and, and us hearing about it, we were actually together when we heard the news. The first people I wanted to tell, I didn't want to wait till Sunday and them hear. I wanted them to hear my joy and my excitement of this answer to prayer. Number five, we need to build bridges and not walls. Build bridges and not walls. You see, walls defend and hide what's on the inside. Bridges invite people in. Bridges say, how can I build an access between you and me? And so we need to continually ask ourselves, how can I connect with this group of people? It's probably been about two years ago I shared this story. My wife was like, I cannot believe you shared that story. But it was, it was how I had, had rushed into a restroom. I was having some, some bad food experience, and I rushed into a restroom of Walmart. And after being in a stall for a moment, I realized I had rushed into the wrong category of restroom. Well, when I shared that story, of course, people are laughing. My face is turning red now if you're watching me, and, and it's in an embarrassing moment. But people go, oh, man, I don't feel stupid because do you know what my pastor did? And it, and, and it breaks down the walls that could rise up between I'm a leader and I'm a pastor, and it says I'm a real person. Many people love Joyce Meyer because she shares real stories on herself and it builds a relationship and a connection and a bridge with others that I feel, I see, and I experience the same things that you do as well. And then I believe number six, we need to grow and demonstrate a genuine love for people. We need to Show them our genuine love. So, man, with the men in the church, man, I'll, I'll grab your hand, shake it, and I'll bring you in for a hug and say, man, I love you. I tell people that I don't even know their name. I say, man, I love you. Thanks for being here today. I want to show people the genuine love of Christ. And I want people to experience that love every time they come to church. And then it's important that we convey the value and the strength of team. And one of my favorite illustrations, we have a bus in the parking lot, is I, as I say that, you know, if I go out there and put a rope or a chain on the front and I'm going to move that bus, I cannot, I cannot literally move that bus on my own. If it's in neutral, I don't have the energy. But if 10 of us, 15 of us, 30 of us grab onto that chain, grab onto that rope, we can easily do together what we couldn't do individually. And so on every Sunday when we introduce uh, our, our new membership once a month and our new team members that have joined the team, we have them stand up, we pass them a blue baton that says run with the vision, Rock Family Church, and we're celebrating the strength of team. And I always say this, Every time we add a new member to our church, we become a better team. We grow stronger. And then I challenge you to draw your staff into your inner circle. Your staff are going to be your number one supporter and defender or traitor and defector. As I've watched over the last 30 plus odd years of the pastors that have experienced some multiple church splits, that, that staff have left and ran off with, with a section of the church, with a group of the sheep. I'm telling you, the one common denominator I can find in the north, the south, the east, and the west, small church, big church, is this. The pastor has kept a, a canyon between himself 
and his staff. He leaves them in the dark. He leaves them thinking. And so if they don't know his heart, the enemy comes and feeds. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about the people. And the lies are believed because they don't know the truth, the truth of your heart and the truth of your character. And so we need to open our hearts to them. And and we have a weekly staff meeting. We have a a weekly pastoral where I take the guy pastors on our our staff and we have an accountability lunch. And what is God teaching you? And and I'm sharing what God is speaking to my life and, and how God is stretching and molding me. And we're having that accountability and we're drawing them into our inner world. We're having them over for dinner. We're going out to a movie. We're hanging out as couples. We're we're, we're in, interacting with lives, and yes, Kim and I even babysit their kids for free. Now, we spoil them, but we babysit staff kids whenever that comes up or an opportunity arises. We love that opportunity. And so then, number nine, I challenge you to honor your staff and reward them. Uh, my pastor, Gerald Brooks, said this. He said, if you pay peanuts, you're going to get monkeys. And so we want to take care of our staff financially, and we're going to pay them as good as we can and as, as, as strong as we can afford, but it's beyond just a paycheck. It's, it's, we have a snack in our, in our staff kitchen. We've got uh, bottles of water, and, and there's a whole plethora of snacks and things they can munch on, and we're trying to create an environment and coffee and, and everything that they might need that would keep them energized, keep them refreshed, keep them nourished to have uh, uh, make the working here fun. When our youth pastor does a, a winter retreat, they've got one coming up later this month. I'm going to tell him he's it, he's bust his tail getting ready for that, and then it's full on all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to tell him the following week. We're usually out on Friday. Why don't you go ahead and take out Thursday as well and have some extra time to recharge your batteries? It's the simple things of we'll we'll if we're going to do a staff thing, we're going to pay for. For the babysitters to take care of the staff kids so that the staff can come and be a part. We're going to do, uh, somebody will go through the office and say, making a Starbucks run. What does everyone want? It's not huge, but we're just honoring the staff and appreciating them. And one of the other things I like to do is be liberal with vacation time. Be liberal with vacation time. And so that's just time for them to be refreshed, to be renewed. And I think I'm going to get more out of them by being more generous with vacation than being stingy on the other side. And then never forget to celebrate the victories. Never forget to celebrate the victories. We start every staff meeting on Monday afternoons with everyone share a win from the past seven days. And before we start driving, before we start pushing and we start attacking the next hill, we want to sit on top of the mountain and share how many people were born again yesterday in service. I want to hear from our children's ministry, some stories, some testimonies of some cool things God's doing in our children's ministry, in our children's ministry. And so as you share those things, it becomes a point and time of celebration. And then a challenge question or a challenge portion for us is to look in the mirror because our team members are a direct reflection of who we are. 
We are highly contagious individuals as leaders, and, and we cannot expect them to be something that we are not. We cannot expect them to invite people to church, their neighbors and acquaintances to come to church, if we are not doing that as leaders. We cannot expect them to have a Bible time and a personal devotional time if it's not happening in our world. And so we set the bar for others to follow. And then I like to personally coach and invest in our team members. What can I do to help them succeed in their area of ministry? How can I help them? How can I challenge them? How can I stretch them? How can I help them have a better work environment? And how can I help them succeed in their particular field? And then I'm going to wrap it up with just these these three things. We have to communicate the vision. Once they know our heart, we communicate the vision. Guys, here's where I want to go. Here's what I want to accomplish in, in 2019. Here's what's on my heart for the next three years. But in order for them to believe the vision, we have to communicate the purpose. So we communicate the vision, where we want to go, and then we got to give them the purpose. And this is answering the why. Why are we doing this? What is our motivation? What are we wanting to accomplish? And, and we're going in this direction, but what is the ultimate goal here? We just had this discussion with our staff. We're doing a, a family fun night and, and we process through what is the goal? Is this an in-house uh, event or is this an in-house with an outreach or is this an outreach focus? And we had to really define the, the strategy and the goal and the purpose of the event. We came up with the vision, let's have a family fun night and bring families and kids together and have an experience of, of families laying down the electronics and having an experience together. And then we had to decide who, what is the purpose of this? And then thirdly, you've got to communicate the plan. Make sure everybody understands where we're going, how we're going to get there. And we this is where we give them the plan, the steps of possibility. Here's why I know it will work. Here's how we're going to get there three years from now. And we show them the step-by-step -step plan that it makes the vision believable and makes the vision possible. So guys, thanks for uh, checking us out here at the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. I hope that you guys are enjoying this. And I want to remind you once again, all of my sermon series and notes are available at deanhawk.com. We will have two more. I'm not sure what the staff is preparing for you. We'll shoot you out an email. If you want to, if you're not on our email distribution and you would like to be a part of that, just send an email to dean at rockfamilychurch.com. Dean at rockfamilychurch.com. We'll add you to our email distribution. Our staff will get you on there and we'll let you know when the new uh, uh, sermon series are available. God bless you guys. Thanks for all you do. If this uh, podcast is helping you and your leadership, I hope that you'll just simply share it with a leader friend, share it with a ministry friend. We just want to help leaders do what they can. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. For free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.